0: My name is Ben Beard, and I own Redcliffe Homes in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm searching for the top tips and tricks of the trade from experts in the construction industry. Welcome to the Ben Beard Show. Our guest today is Scott Van Zee with Dynasty Homes in Des Moines, Iowa. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for for coming on. So, Scott is another uh, one of my friends from the Builder20 group. Um, Scott, tell me, I, I know you a little bit, but tell me a little bit about yourself and your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you said, we're based in Des Moines, so we're, um, in the heart of the Midwest here. Um, we've, uh, Dynasty has been in business since about 2014. Um, I had, um, um actually started it, um, you know, with the, when I moved back to the Des Moines area, I've, uh, uh, kind of grew up in the real estate industry. Uh, my uh, father was a developer and builder um, I had a totally different career path for uh, quite some time and then uh, in 2014 when I decided that um, this this kind of want to go off on my own um, and leave the corporate life behind um, this was a, a logical choice for me just given the experience that I had growing up as a kid um, and um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. So we've uh, you know, been in business, what, seven years now um, and uh, have witnessed some, some, um, some pretty great growth. And uh, now we're getting involved in uh, some other industries as well, too. Um, and, uh, you know, looking to branch outside of home building development a little bit more as well.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. So how involved were you with your dad's business growing up?
1: Um, a little bit here and there, not, not a ton. Um, I did, um, like, you know, the stuff that nobody wants to do cleanup crew and, um, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Like when I was, a, when I was a kid and then when I was in high school, it was kind of funny. As I said, I was never going to, I was never going to come back and, and get into this. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go off on my own and do something totally different. Um, and that's actually what I did. So, um, I went, and I have, a, I actually have a finance background um i went and um uh did mergers and acquisitions for um eight or nine years um in in a couple of different industries um lived in, in in a few different places traveled a lot um and then ultimately i decided that um corporate life wasn't necessarily for me and um you know we wanted to um do something um outside of uh you know the um on our own essentially so um and uh this like i said you know i had some experience in the past with this um i've always had a passion for um home design um uh you know and it's uh, certainly the first few years when we got back into it, it was definitely a learning experience um you know learn the hard way a lot of times which are always costly mistakes as well too but uh um, now we're kind of, we're in a place now that we're, we're, humming very nicely and, uh, we're pretty, pretty happy
0: with our performance, so. Awesome. So I, I really want to dig into that. I, I didn't realize you'd had a, a whole separate career outside the industry. I mean, eight or nine years, that's not just, you know, college plus a couple of, a couple of years. That was a full you yep. know, career out, uh, outside the industry. What made you decide to say, Hey, you know what? I really like this. I, I want to go back.
1: Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I had a great, actually I actually had a really good career, um, before, um, home building. Um, I, you know, I was, um, uh, you know, comp was, was great. I traveled a lot. Um, and, uh, to the point where I probably was traveling a little too much. Um, and so we were kind of at a point where we wanted to start a family and, you know, I just didn't know if the travel was going to be right for me and, and those type of things. And. Um, Those were kind of some of the underlying, you know, things that I was thinking about, but more than anything, I've always kind of wanted to do something on my own. You know, I kind of have a, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset that, um, um, you know, I just wanted to make something myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, when I decided to leave, it just, it seemed logical to start here, um, but then I always did have long-term goals. Um, to eventually branch outside of real estate as well too. and we're actually doing that now with some other companies that I'm partnered with. Um, but um, you know the, our core business is, is the the real estate development and um, uh, the home building business.
0: Okay cool. Yeah. So Scott, what do you do outside of dynasty homes? Um, as far as business goes or well business or, or just personally.
1: Yeah um you know personally um you know i have a um a, a soon-to-be four-year-old uh keeps me pretty busy um uh, you know she's uh certainly involved in a lot of stuff so we that keeps us keeps us pretty busy um you know personally i like to golf and um try to get out um and, and enjoy some free time i'm pretty busy professionally um so between my daughter and, and running the businesses it seems like that's all i do some days um but um Yeah, we're, um, like I said, we're, we're, uh, I'm actually involved. I have two, uh, other partnerships outside of, um, real estate of new ventures that we actually just started up in, um, this year. Um, I've got a service-based business, um, that I've got a great partner with, um, that, um, um, is, is, is ramped up very quickly that keeps me busy. Um, and then I'm actually uh, partners with, uh, um, with another couple great individuals and um, we actually are opening and buying um, three veterinary practices this year. So totally outside of, um, uh, you know, the wow. industry that I'm currently in, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah, four, four-year-old that keeps you busy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good. So what is your role in your company look like today in, in your home building company look like today? And, and how has that evolved over the last several years? Yeah,
1: so when I first got started, obviously I did
0: everything, um, you know, I um,
1: was job superintendent, um, I even help um, out on the job site sometimes, um, you know, also doing all the accounting, I do all the design, I would do all the client selection meetings. Um, You name it, I did it. Um, And um, I've slowly, um, you know, kind of uh, developed some processes um, to actually manage some of those better myself still even. Um, I still would consider myself a pretty big individual contributor um, to the business. Um, I do have a full-time designer on staff now um, that um, helps uh, uh, manage um, our client process um, and then we also have a job site manager slash kind of warranty um, uh, uh, you know coordinator and and, and punch out guy um, and the, 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 that's been with me for some time now and he does a does a phenomenal job um, and so really we're you know from a core team it's the three of us and then obviously we have our realtor partners um, and then um, our job superintendents, and I mean, sorry, our, our uh, subcontractors yeah. um, uh, that uh, kind of keep us going. But um, for the t- most part, we're still a pretty small team. Um, you know, we're probably on track to do about 10 million or so this year in sales on the home bu- and just the home building end, not the development end. The development end is um, a lot less um, employee dependent, um, it's just pretty much all mm-hmm. um, subcontractors. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, I still play a very active day-to-day role. Um, you know, I'm on my job sites um, all the time. Um, you know, people, uh, our clients usually love working with us because we're so hands-on um, before and after they move in. Um, and uh, it's, it's definitely created some differentiation for us, um, um, you know, in our market. Um, I think that long-term, as we continue to grow, um, you know, maybe we will. Um, some of the more project management tasks, well, we will, uh, um, you know, hire some additional staff to to help me with that. Um, but um, I, you know, it's like anything. I think I'm a little bit too controlling, um, so sometimes it's hard for me to
0: give some of that up. So, but um, we're we're getting there. Okay. Cool. So, did you did you come in and join your dad's company when you got back into the industry, or did you start your own separate? Different. We started a new company um, he actually had not built
1: homes for some time um, He was just a, a developer. So he just sold bots off. Um, I came back. I bought when I first got started I bought three lots from him and they were like the worst lots he had left in a development um, And got started that way. I learned the hard way um, Yeah, had a couple of them sit for a while looked at a couple specs um, You know, then ultimately we started partnering um, on the development end, on developing some ground, and um, then we, um, you know, for a while, we sold lots off to other builders, um, and I would buy some as well. Um, and now we're, you know, we're partnering on developments, and a lot, and some of the developments we do, um, we'll just retain all the lots for ourselves and build on, build on all of them.
0: Cool. So, what was your what was your thought process, you know, for? do I want to come in and work for my dad or, or, you know, with the hopes that I can take over his business versus just start my own business right away?
1: Yeah, I was not, I I was definitely not going to come back and work for him. (laughs) Um, You know, I have a really good relationship with, with uh, my family, including my father. Um, But, and, you know, we're kind of like a team on a lot of stuff anyway. We partner and we talk through things and we run stuff by each other all the time. Um, But, um, you know, I had, I had had bosses, you know, when I had corporate life. And um it did you know, I was in a good, good place when I came back because I was able to um accumulate um some savings and stuff before I had left my corporate job, which allowed me to enter the business on my own, allowed me to purchase lots on my own, get financing, um, all those types of things. Um, so I was starting in a pretty good place because I had um, you know, kind of built a career prior and built some, some wealth prior. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would say, you know, the, you know, having my dad as a, as a mentor was very important. Um, you know, he, the first year, certainly there was a lot of learning experiences and it was great to be able to call him and, and talk through things and, um, you know, to show him some issues that I might be running into, and get his thoughts from all the years of experience that he had had in the past. Um, and um, so, it's it's always important whether you have it or not going out on your own, having some sort of mentor or somebody that you can call on and uh, pick their brain a bit. Um, it's kind of invaluable, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's huge, and that's that's why I'm doing this podcast to find you know people that uh, that can. Be my mentors and be mentors for other people coming into the industry and, and looking to to grow and advance in their careers. So. Yeah, it's a
1: tough industry. I mean, you know, I I I so, you know in my prior career, I um I I had mergers and acquisitions. I bought and sold a lot of different businesses and. Um, I've seen quite a few industries. And in fact, now I'm involved in a couple of businesses that are outside of the industry. Um, you know, home building is, is one of the tougher industries that I've seen. Um, it's a very capital intensive industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of working capital, um, particularly if you're growing, especially. Um, it's, um, it's high risk because you're pretty leveraged usually. Um, you know, Typically you've got quite a few loans out there in order to get land positions or just to build speculative homes. Um, And, you know, we all lived, um, some of us lived through 2008 um, and saw when bad times come, what can happen and um, who's still left standing when the wind blows the wrong way for a little while. And um, it can be a tough industry. Um, I mean, even this year, um, you know, as great over the last 12 months, as you all know, Ben, I mean, it's, it's, the market's good. You know, demand is very high for new construction. I mean, it's extremely high, but, um, the challenges have been extreme um, with materials and labor. and um, I, I mean, I certainly, since I've, you know, I've only been at this since 2014, like I said, uh, but even, you know, when I, I talked to my father, who started in the 80s when interest rates were, you know, 12, 14%, I mean, he really hasn't ever seen anything like this with what we've been seeing with with our cost um, structure over the last year, um, and it's it's hurt. I've seen a lot of guys that weren't very quick to raise prices get really burned this year, um, and uh, yeah. it's it's no fun working for free. Nope. <laughs> nope, it's
0: not. Yeah, I was I was just at a home builder association meeting the other day, and everyone's talking about the one guy in the room that's a lumber supplier, and oh, you must be making all the money. He's like, nope. Yeah, I you know we've I've had that discussion quite a bit,
1: um, and with a lot of different people, and I think the mills are doing very well the lumber yeah. mills um are doing well uh, but uh i don't think i'm not so sure that our local lumber yards are necessarily i don't know how well yeah. they're doing because of it i mean because they're running into issues i mean we're, we're having supply constraint issues um if you weren't an existing really good great customer you might just not get material period right now yeah. um, and um so it's uh i don't know it's interesting times i mean it's it's pretty, for the first time since I started, I had to go to a big box store and buy some lumber the other day uh, because wow. my lumber yard couldn't, couldn't get it, me what I needed. It wasn't much, but I never went into a Home Depot or Lowe's with
0: the purpose of buying framing lumber before, and I had to the other day, <laughs> so. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah it's what, I mean, yeah, top, top line might be going up, but is, is the bottom line going up when their costs are going up so high? Yeah, and sometimes you
1: don't know um, until it's all said and done. Because, I mean, you know, my experience here is is a lumber yard is will only guarantee a quote or bid on their prices for maybe seven days, um, maybe 14 on the long side. So, I mean, it's very difficult to bid a house. And, you know, by the time you take delivery of the lumber, it could have ran up on you quite a bit. So um, it's definitely challenging times. You know, there's things we can do in our contracts to try to protect ourselves. Um, but then that doesn't necessarily resonate well with our clients. Um, you yeah. know, I, I mean, if I was on the other side building a home, I, and you we were, it was a substantial purchase, and you were kind of tapped out to begin with, um, it's not an easy sell to tell somebody if material prices uh, go up quite a bit, you're on the hook for more for more for this home. I mean, it's not a fun discussion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy right now. Well, Scott, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for the construction industry today? Um,
1: well, I think there's there's two parts to that. I think that um, there's, for the construction industry, there's ways to be smarter, um, and we need some innovation in the industry, to be honest. Um, I think with our industry um, has been a little bit slow, and I think it's the nature of um, how fragmented it is as well as, Um, just uh, the behaviors of the individuals in the industry. We've been kind of slow to adapt new processes, technologies, et cetera, in the industry. Um, It's kind of exciting to see some of the new stuff that like 3D printing and and things like that, that um, there there are small little niches that are out there that are experimenting with that stuff, and it'll take a long time for that stuff to get adopted, but um, there's definitely ways to streamline the process there. I, you know, and as materials continue to improve a little bit, I mean, um, some of the materials we use, we've been using the same stuff forever, and it's like, can't anybody come up with something a little bit better? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I think there's that aspect where there's lots of uh, lots of room for, for improvement, and a lot of times when material prices do go up, like they have been, like commodities, like lumber, um, it causes us to rethink a little bit how we do things, and so maybe that will... Um, lead I mean it's the first time ever in residential where people were I heard the other day talking about we might as well be building with uh, metal studs instead of instead of lumber you know so I mean yeah. um, but, but there's a lot of I mean, I mean there's a lot of things like that that come up when, when material prices get high um, and then I think that um, the other part of it is on on the other side I think there's a huge opportunity for trades in general to, to develop talent. And I mean, because a lot of these trades can actually provide pretty high-paying jobs, um, yep. and we are just not develop, I, developing skills or making it feel attractive for somebody coming out of high school to go into a trade. Um, it seems like that um, you know everybody's been pushed into going to a, a four-year general education degree, um, and um, then coming out and sitting in a cubicle somewhere and. There's lots of great opportunities um, out in the field that will pay you much better. Um, can I think actually be more rewarding because you're producing something and you can stand back and look at it at the end of the day? Um, and, um, you know, I, it, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I don't know what the silver bullet is. I know that the home builder associations are all working very hard um, on helping improve that. And, you know, um i wish i had more time to dedicate to, to helping develop that as well too here locally but um i think that there's there's a lot of opportunity there because there's some great i mean we have a huge labor shortage of, of trade of skilled trades and um it's unfortunate that more people
0: don't want to get into it yeah yeah i agree what how do you see the industry changing over the next 10 15 years oh
1: that's a good question um i think that you know it, it, the industry moves pretty slow. Um, you know, we saw it prior to the crash, we moved from single family to multifamily because of rising prices. Um, and that was the only way people could afford, um, mm-hmm. afford, you know, new construction was to getting into a multifamily unit that's attached, you know, six, you know, a row home or a townhome condo, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, we're seeing it go back to that now with building costs so high, um, it seems to ebb and flow, though. I think that um, at least my perspective here locally has been that COVID also threw another curveball at you and then there was a people, you know, the people that were moving into more urban areas in more multifamily now are suddenly wanting to be more in suburban areas and single family again. and I think that was a result of COVID and um, it, you know, honestly, I don't have a crystal ball, so I'm not quite sure, but, uh, you know, i I think that um, I think we'll continue to progress. I think that the industry, I don't see any big disruptors out there. You know, I don't see the 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 Uber of home building like this going to disrupt the taxi industry or anything. I haven't seen it yet. It would be kind of nice to see it, to be honest. Um, you know, I think that there's definitely some disruption that could potentially happen in the on the sales side of homes with um, what technology can do with Zillow and, and platforms and realtors um, and their role in the home buying process might be in the future. I think that that's gonna be the first thing that might change, but uh, people have also been saying that for about a decade. So um,
0: yeah. we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Um, based on your background, do you keep an eye kind of on the uh, mergers and acquisitions activity in the industry? Oh,
1: a little bit, um, not as much as I used to. Um, you know, we have we were actually locally um, subject to it a little bit. Um, so it's been probably about four years now. Um, Dr. Horton came in and bought out um, the largest kind of local home builder in town here. Um, you know, we, um, it was kind of, you know, it was new. We didn't have a national home builder in Des Moines um, prior to that. We had a couple of regional guys that had tried to come in, didn't make a big splash. Um, maybe uh, man, did one or two developments, nothing big in the past. But so, DR Horton coming in as, you know the largest, the nation's largest home builder was was definitely something that was on everybody's radar. What, what that was going to mean for um, for us local guys, um, and, and I'll be honest, it really has had very little impact um, on really? our market. Yeah, it you know the buy. We've just found that the buyer for. Um, one of their homes and the buyer for ours are just totally just completely different um and we do play we mostly play at a bigger price point than a much higher price point than they do um, Mm -hmm. with a lot of our custom business so we don't compete too much um you know they, they also are in their developments you know and we're kind of in our developments um for the most part so we're not like we never have houses next door to each other or anything, or even in the same development together. Yeah. Um, so I personally just have had. I mean, I don't think I've ever, I've had any clients that have been like, "Hey, we're also looking at DR Horton." I haven't had that. Their 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 price point just hasn't um, hasn't entered ours. Now, some of the guys it has definitely. There's a couple other larger builders in town that um, I think their story might be a little bit different than mine. Um, you know they um, they have where uh, they compete a little bit more directly with them but um, I, I don't know our market hasn't I think they've done okay since they've entered our market but I don't think at least from what I've I've seen in, in transactions going through I don't think that they're they're blowing the doors off um, but um, uh, you know I, I'm not sure I don't track them um, super close so
0: yeah. So they just kind of stepped in and and basically took over the market share of the the other just changed the name on on the same amount of market well, essentially, share.
1: essentially yeah yeah i'm sure they brought in some of their processes their plans um brought in you know their capital obviously as well too um, mm-hmm. but the existing owners of the prior business are still Operating um, their the DR Horton's branch here essentially or division here, (laughs) so um, you know obviously they report to somebody at the regional level, I'm sure. Um, But um, for the most part, it's it's very similar uh, product to what they were doing before, Um, and you know um, it's you know I don't think I don't think their market share has changed much to be honest since DR Horton's acquired them. Um, (laughs) At least from the data I've seen,
0: I don't think it's really changed much. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Do you see mergers and acquisitions becoming a bigger trend in the industry going forward?
1: Um, potentially. Um, our industry is always a little bit different with mergers and acquisitions because a lot of times these guys only need, the bigger guys only need land positions. They don't necessarily need uh, the local uh, people. It's always easier when you hire a, a business that's standing up because you've got everything, all your pro- you know, all your people, all your um subs and everything all lined up um but um you know i think that it's always a buy versus build decision for them um you know we've heard rumors we've heard rumors of lennar entering our market we've heard rumors of some of the other guys um entering our market as well because we do have a couple we have a couple suburbs in des moines that are growing kind of eight to ten percent a year and population so um, they're growing pretty quickly and so those are always attractive markets for these guys to get into Um, but um I think there will be continued M and I I don't know how much consolidating is going to going to happen. I know that private equity has been making a uh, a bigger push to get into the industry. Um, you know that when times are good, money always rushes in. Um, yep. And um, you know, I know that um, our lumber yard was recently bought out by private equity. Um, it's a pretty large one as well, too, and they have. Um, our yard has significant market share. Um, I would, I don't know, but I would guess, um, you know, over 75% market share would be my guess, um, right. but I don't know that for a fact. But um, they have a lot of market, and they've entered. So there's obviously um, some attractiveness there at the supplier, our roofing supplier was bought out last year, it was rolled up. Um, so I'm definitely seeing Acquisitions happening on the supply side. Um, I haven't seen any of my other competitors get rolled up yet here um, locally, um, but um, that doesn't say it, it may not happen. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting trend to, to watch for me over the last several years to see what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. Well, Scott, what's the best advice that you've ever received uh, professionally? <laughs>
1: um, you know... I, the, the thing that, and I don't know if it was any one per person that said something that just totally resonated with me, but um, I, I think that, you know, I've worked with a lot of really great uh, mentors. And, you know, I have one that's actually was was, was an amazing mentor uh, for me in my prior career. Um, and is now a partner with me on, on um, a couple of different projects as well too. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, just keeping the long-term focus in mind, um, is always kind of the most important thing. It's like, it's easy to get caught up in this doesn't make sense or not so much. you like, don't want to deal with this today or you feel like the reward's not there or, you know, what, what you're putting in like, isn't going to out today. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just keeping in mind that, you know, you're playing, you're playing a long, a long-term game all the time um, has been very helpful. Um, you know, it, it, It's tough, like, you know, when you're burning the candles at both ends to think that way when you're not making money and you're focusing on making sure your customers are extremely happy with you. You're focused on doing a bunch of the things like writing processes and things like that or or documents that are going to make your life easier in the future. Um, And there's not a direct reward attached to it. You know, there's not, you're not going to make more money this year from it, Um, but it's going to make your life easier long term. It's you're going to have a better business. Um, those are the things that are tough to do um, as, as somebody and, and being proactive about it, but it leads to the best long-term success. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in my first couple of years continuing to document, um, you know, the process, documenting, um, you know, how we wanted to keep track of things, coming up with new ways to do it, um, and how we communicate with our clients and things. And it's really starting to pay dividends now. Um, but it, I mean, you know, for years, it was like, you might've had the best in class process, uh, but it wasn't really equating to any more sales. Yeah. Um, but you know, it gets to that point where all of a sudden the referrals start expanding and your network just keeps expanding. And if you're known for having this great process, um, and great customer service and things the, the leads keep coming in and, and pay dividends later on. And It's very difficult to do that early on when you're just thinking about, okay, how can I make a decent living this year? How many houses can I sell? How do I make my margins better by a couple percent? And those type of things, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what have you done to be able to kind of step out of the business and work on the business rather than just in the business day to day?
1: I quit sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, there's. I really never stepped out, um, you know, it, it uh, I made some big sacrifices over the years for sure. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I very limited vacation, very, very limited days off, those type of things. Um, you know, we uh, uh, burned burnt the candle at both ends. It, that's what it takes, honestly, when you're starting a new business or you're getting into anything for yourself. Um, you know, the one thing, I, the, the thing I always tell everybody, that always ask me, oh, how, you know, what why? you get in business for yourself and it's not, and I always hear it when people say they want to get in business for themselves that, oh, they want to be their own boss or they don't like that their boss currently or something like that, or you know, they want the flexibility to do what they want when they want. And to me, those are maybe benefits of being on your own, but that should not be the drive on why you get into business on your own. It should be that you want to build something great. And if you don't want to build something, if you don't, if you're not passionate about building something great and building something that's going to be long-term successful, it you're you're never you're never gonna enjoy what you do because otherwise it's just you're trying to go out on your own to free up more time for yourself. And then if you're doing that, then you're always like, Oh, well, you know, I'm on my own now, I don't have to work late at night, and then you never then you're not as successful at your business. So yeah. Um, I would. That's a piece of advice I always because everybody always asks me because you know a lot of people you know have tons of friends that always say they want to go out on their own and I said what does that mean to you and it's usually the response I get and I feel like the response should always be that you want to build something great and and like I love the fact that you know even in you know the homebuilding business I only have a couple full time employees. These other two businesses have a lot bigger employee base. I love the fact that we create a fun environment for people to work in. They love their jobs. Um, yeah. they, they enjoy what they do. We have fun when we go to work. Um, we have we work hard, play hard. We have fun outside of work as well too. Um, and and I enjoy seeing that. So um, those are those are always the things that that uh, that, that that I like about uh, you know owning and running a, uh, a business.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. i love i love that perspective that it's got to be about a whole lot more than just getting away from a boss or yeah i mean the reality is as a business owner everybody's your boss your customer
1: <laughs> that's, that's it. You're, you just trade bosses is all it is because you have clients yeah. right so technically your clients are your boss yeah. so i mean yeah you can manage it differently and you can say what you want but um you know if a client emails me with concerns or questions or something like that. I have to respond to it just like if a boss did to me. So you never lose that. I mean, there's no, there's very, very few, if any, um, businesses where you technically are your own boss and you could do whatever you want and (laughs) are going to be successful all the time. So, you know.
0: Well, Scott, who have you learned the most from throughout your career?
1: Um, I've, I've had um, a couple different people. Um, like I, I mentioned, I had a, a really good mentor when I was in, in corporate and, and now I'm, I'm partners with him. Um, he's um, an amazing individual and I, I learned a lot from him. I also learned a lot from my father um, as well too. You know, he, he's, um, you know, he really taught me the home building business, um, You know, when, when I came back and started it. Um, you know, my mom was actually involved in the business as well too, she did all the books. Um, so I learned a, a lot of the important things to do there, um, and um, a lot of the important things not to do there, um, as well. Too. Um, so you know, they 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 were good. I was I was lucky enough to to grow up in a family of entrepreneurs and, and people that um, that worked for themselves and and um, you know understood um, what hard work was and were kind of self built and um, so they uh, I definitely got a lot from them. Um, and then you know I've had numerous other. Um, individuals that I've, I've worked with in the past in my prior careers that um, were great role models um, that have been very successful. Um, I've got a couple local, a uh, couple friends locally that also um, are small business owners here as well too. Um, they're great to be able to, you know, just to vent about a frustration or um, a crazy client you have or, uh you know something that 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 may came up come up it's it's great just to have another sounding board to vent something off of and you know business is business and we all deal with with people and uh personalities and um it's uh it's great to be able to you know share some stories and things like that and uh, um and hear their frustrations as well too just to know that you're not alone
0: (laughs) yep so it's amazing how much just that ability to make a connection and realize somebody else is going through the same type of struggle as you are, how much weight that can take off your shoulders. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: I mean, honestly, you know, as part of our Builder 20 Club, one of the things I like the best is that, you know, when we get together, we always usually all have very similar, um, you know, uh, issues that we're dealing with. And it's it's somewhat cathartic to hear somebody else <laughs> dealing with the exact same problem that you're dealing with and they don't have a solution for it either. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, there's just some things, there's no There's no good solution. There's always a solution. There's just never the solution you want. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions um, and, um, you know, or, or step outside your comfort zone. And it's always great to have a, a set of individuals to um, maybe maybe help you with those decisions a little bit or at least give you the confidence that you're making the right decision.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Scott, if you could go back to your first day, you bought those three lots from your dad, we're getting your first home started, what advice would you give to yourself? Um, don't buy those lots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, it. you know, I'm not sure, you know, there's a lot of advice that I I, I could give, um, you know, things I've learned um, along the way. Um, You know, I think that early on, I I spent some money on some dumb stuff um, early on. I think everybody does that. Um, You know, I had experience in other industries and thought that, you know, some things in marketing um, that would really turn the needle and really had little impact in the real estate industry um you know if i went back I, I probably wouldn't spend the money on those things um i certainly um probably would have made some plan changes you know decisions and stuff a little bit differently based on on, on what i was doing but um you know ultimately I, I you know even if there were you know the struggles that we might have had in the first couple of years we did pretty well um, and um, anything that we did was a learning experience. We had happy people from from day one. Um, you know, it's, I really haven't had a single client that um, I would be scared to go talk to today. Um, you know, so that um, that makes me that allows me to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, you know, I think that uh, um, if there was some things that I could go back and say, "Hey, I wish I would done this differently," or "I wish I wouldn't have done this." I, I, none of it's meaningful. I mean, it, sometimes you just got to do it, you know, and yeah. um, it, it, it sounds crazy, but sometimes you got to, you got to run before you walk, you know, and and just jump into it because um, otherwise if you, you know, and, and I found this with, with a couple other things as well, too, is um, you can sit and talk yourself out of doing anything. Um, it's really easy to do it. Um, there's, I would say I, there's more missed business opportunities that I've had outside of wouldn't that i started that I kicked myself um, for way more than maybe a few mistakes I made have, might've have made early on um, when I started building. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you don't know what you don't know when you get into something, but, um, and you can plan for it and try to be smart about things, but sometimes you just got to take a chance, you know,
0: so I'm curious, you mentioned spending money on some dumb things, which I'm envisioning, you know, some souped up trucks and, and you know, fun toys like that. But then you jump into marketing stuff. What?
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't, I didn't do any crazy. Like I didn't go buy like crazy equipment and stuff like that or stupid stuff like that. Honestly, most of it was, you know, some people would find it still pretty pragmatic stuff. Um, you know, we probably spent too much money on some web advertising, uh, we definitely spent too much money we spent way too much money on print advertising um, you know in magazine ads things like that um, <laughs> they generated little to no return um, and you know when you're just starting out those are big expenses you know I mean yeah you know when your marketing budgets basically starting out at zero and you you're you're basically digging yourself in the hole right away to, to invest in stuff like that um, you know it, it it just you have to be careful about where you're spending money and there's always there's always someone calling a business owner trying to sell them some sort of advertising or, um, I mean, it's it's constant. Yes, there is. Um, it's totally constant. So, uh, you know, I probably signed up for some things I shouldn't have, um, thinking that it might generate some return and it didn't. But, um, you know, long-term, I think it's paid off now. We are not necessarily those things paid off, but what we're doing now pays off. work we're, we're actually way more, prag- like way, uh more pragmatic about how we spend marketing dollars and you know we, we actually keep it pretty minimal now um a lot of it's word of mouth and referrals and stuff now um and um, we do some online stuff but pretty minimal um you know i used to spend a lot of money on facebook and things like that and we saw the returns on that dramatically drop up for us over the years and so we've kind of pulled back from that as well too and um, but um, you know it—it's tough when you first get started. You're not quite sure how you're going to generate business, so you're kind of trying everything. So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Relationships, though, is the one thing that you can't ever beat. They're free, and um, you develop enough relationships, um, it's going to lead to great things. So, um, it's uh, building relationships with realtors in our market. Building relationships with. Um, our clients and to generate referrals and things like that Um, those are free for the most part
0: and um, you really can't beat those yeah yeah that's awesome well scott how can people get a hold of you and dynasty homes and see what, what you're up to yeah, I mean, our website, dynastyhomes.com is, is the best thing
1: to see what we're up to. You know, actually my phone number is right on the main page of our website. It still goes directly to my cell phone. Um, so I'm pretty easily accessible. Um, and um, yeah, we're I'm a pretty pretty easy to, easy to find guy. Um, we're, I'm not hidden anywhere. My face is on the front of the website and um, pretty easy to get to.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've learned something from our guests today. The Ben Beard Show is sponsored by Redcliffe Homes. The purpose of this podcast is to help young professionals find mentors in this crazy construction industry that we're in. If you have a story to tell about your road to a successful career in construction, I'd love to hear it. Please like and subscribe to the podcast to hear from all of our amazing guests. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at The Ben Beard Show.